0: This is the Chillanoi Podcast. I am your host, Cole Preston. I wanted to quickly let our listeners know that you can watch the video version of this podcast on your preferred platform at chillanoi.net slash video. That's C-H-I-L-L-I-N-O-I-S dot net slash video. Our show is funded by listeners like you. You can get exclusive access to new episodes of our show and behind-the-scenes content by supporting us on Patreon. Just go to chillanoi.net slash Patreon. Your support helps us afford hosting fees to distribute our content and equipment to capture our content. If you like our show, please remember to leave a positive rating and subscribe. Just wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting our show and... I hope that you enjoy this episode. It's going to be an awesome one. Today, I'm joined by Carly Bader from Willow Industries. This is the second time somebody from Willow Industries has joined us on the show. Carly, welcome to the Chillin'Oi Podcast.
1: Oh, Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, super excited to talk to you. Uh, Thank you and the team at Willow for setting aside time to speak to me. Um, I think that the subject matter at hand is going to be very informative for our listening audience and possibly even as new uh, businesses start to go online in the state of Illinois. Maybe somebody like that is listening in. So I guess keep that in mind. Uh, As we go into the show, you might have consumers or possible new, uh, customers listening in, um, before we get into what Willow Industries is, does, I wanted to talk to how you found, I wanted to, to talk about how you found yourself at Willow Industries, if you may.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a long journey. Um, I come from kind of traditional education with a master's in infectious disease under, um, molecular microbiology, and um, really have just had an amazing time with my own personal education and took some years to, as well as currently um, am educating uh, at a few colleges um, here today, educating consumers and as you said, possible clients. Um, education is really important to me, um, especially when it comes to the science of cannabis. Um, so a few, five years ago, I started um, with a lab here in Colorado. Um, I've since worked at two different labs in the state of Colorado, both in the cannabis space, as well as expanding into hemp. Um, that was really important with my move to the second lab to really be able to understand also the hemp side of things, um, hemp regulations, um, as well as hemp testing Um, although it's the same plant it's very different worlds um, as you guys know so was in the testing industry for about five years and was you know calling a lot of clients letting them know that they had failed their microbial testing whether it's total yeast and mold or aspergillus and always felt like I was the bearer of bad news and didn't always have a solution for my clients Um, and After leaving the testing labs last year, um, got back into education and really wanted to open myself to the opportunity to help the cannabis community, help the hemp community, and found myself here at Willow, um, where we're doing exactly that. We really are doing the work of so many in our personalized partnerships and helping our clients understand what it is to grow clean.
0: Cool. And I guess let's just dive right in uh, before, you know, we'll back up kind of and maybe talk about what terminology is and stuff. But let's let's talk. What does yeah Willow Industries do? Please expound upon that growing clean.
1: Yeah. So Willow Industries uses an ozone system to kill microbials without damaging your flower. And that is something that is both important to cannabis consumers, you know, making our our products in each state safe for medical patients and recreational patients alike. Um, really important to be putting the safest product on the market. You know, in a in a pharmaceutical setting, this is the way things would go um, from point A to point Z, um, from what we many times call seed to sale. Um, so really, you know, working here at Willow, we have, as I said, um, both consulting tools. I have quite a toolkit of scientific techniques and resources that I've learned from my time within the industry and on the testing side of things. Um, As I said, I've been in science for a long time. And, you know, when it comes to growing plants, um, what we see within this industry is an even more broad array of microbials, bacteria, fungus, um, yeast, mold, you know, it's really all very present within the agricultural process. Um, and that process does face the risk of contamination. So Willow is here both with our ozone system. Um, the Willow 360 is our current model that is just amazing in the fact that you know we're running 10 plus pounds of cannabis through the system and coming out with really amazing smelling, um, terp rich, no potency loss, clean product um, that you can put on the shelves and feel very confident in the fact that you're going to pass testing as well as pass you know, consumer testing, which is really what's most important.
0: Gotcha. I was just pulling up uh, for folks that, you know, that are watching the video version of the podcast right now. I was going to pull up um, an image of the Willow Pure 360, which I actually saw last time I was in Colorado. I don't know if Jill told you that, but she she it wasn't there, but I was given a tour of, uh, of your location, which was super cool. Um, so here's kind of a peek at it. Is this correct? This is the... Yeah. Cool. Yep.
1: So that's our 360. And and the drum you see there that is, you know, circular, the 360 model um, turns very slowly. Um, definitely want to, uh, you know, let that be known that this turning process is more of a folding process so that the ozone is able to work on all of those plant materials, whether it's trim or larger bud size. Um, we've tried a variety of of product, um, even some pre-rolls as well. And it's really amazing that we're able to utilize ozone, which is, you know, a very organic, clean product that it's used in many other agricultural processes for cannabis, Um, really being able to show safe, consistent, scalable, and a gentle solution for a microbial contamination that might seem overwhelming. um, And, and, Often people are using other methods like hydrogen peroxide, chlorine, chlorine dioxide. These are all really strong chemicals and, you know, even dips, you know, you, dipping your, your product in a liquid, you know, it's not exactly something that is going to give the, the results on the other end that are, you know, equally as terp rich and THC rich, whereas ozone, we're, we're really seeing amazing results with that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So let's, let's just back up a, a bit. I like that you, you brought up, you know, that these techniques are employed in other areas of industrial agriculture. And so it's not like this is, uh, like, you know, wizardry that we're introducing to the world. Um, it's, it's technology that has, that is applied to not only, um, agricultural products that we consume every day. Um, but I, I believe even things like peanuts and meat and, and everything else, um, can go through a process. So I, like I said, I wanted to back up because there's a distinction in what we are talking about, uh, two concepts. I think that we're going to be two distinct concepts we're going to be talking about today. Can you introduce those concepts for us, please?
1: Yeah, sure. So kind of what you were just mentioning with like a, a normal process is something you might know of milk. Your milk comes to you pasteurized. Every, you know, gallon of milk is being treated through pasteurization. Um, you know, it would be really, you know, terrible for someone to get a foodborne illness um, from that milk and then have to recall and things of that nature. And that's exactly what we see in the cannabis industry. Um, in Colorado, we just had a, a two for one where two recalls were announced in the same day. Um, And that's really something that is just kind of extremely costly to your business for for there to be a recall. So what is mostly seen in many industries is, is something we call a kill step. And that is something that is standard to your process. And that's really where we see the willow fitting in as a kill step for your process. As I said, the agricultural industry—you know—plants are exposed to climate, season, humidity changes. Um, humans being a variable, it's it's very hard to produce completely sterile cannabis. Um, so you want to have something within your process that is going to be what what is called a kill step. Um, and that's what we have here with the willow. It's going to be introduced as part of your workflow in that seed to sale. It's going to be before sale, after, you know, after trim, pre-packaging and really help you with not only ensuring that you have safe consumer products, but also that you're not having any recalls and not not getting anyone sick, which is really most important in this industry. As I said, you know, recalls you hear every once in a while for um lettuce and and meat products and you know thankfully we we do have that kind of saying that cannabis hasn't killed anyone and wouldn't it be terrible if someone ate a gummy ingested salmonella and and did get sick we really need to keep that clean uh, bill of health um for the cannabis community to to push that forward that this is a safe product um, both recreationally and medically. So, you know, utilizing this as a kill step is is really what we try to push. Um as you said there's kind of this other side of the equation, um the other talked about point is remediation. Um and and that's something that we don't want to have to do. You know, it's it's you know, not as bad as a recall, but remediation is equally as costly. Um, For getting your product tested that first time, it might cost you a couple hundred dollars at your lab just for your microbial testing. And if you fail that because you come in over your regulatory limit for your state of Illinois in yeast and mold, aerobic, salmonella, E. coli, any of these fields, you're going to fail testing. And that now doubles down on your cost because now you have to go back and remediate and then move forward with possible duplicate retests. Many states include retesting and duplicate. It's kind of like if you failed once, you have to pass twice to kind of double down on that to ensure um, that your remediation worked. Um, And often you have to send this to two different labs and with that, you are really just increasing that testing cost and decreasing your profitability on that 10 pounds on that batch size. So remediation is definitely a more of a reactive process, kind of like a recall. And willow, we we willow really just want to be proactive again with both the willow. 360 model, but also with our personalized partnership where we consult with you on how to kill at the source, um, whether we determine it's in your water source, your soil, um, whether it's coming from your air quality. Um, we, as I said, have a really large toolkit of scientific techniques that we can employ to determine where that contamination is coming from. So moving really towards the seed end of things, um, instead of being reactive and, and, you know, finding out that your product has failed on the sale end of things and that you're just not able to sell it or, you know, forbid you have a recall. And and that's just really detrimental to your company's name as a whole.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it's like costly in two ways. I I, I was, you explained all the ways it was like financially costly, but if a consumer hears about a recall, like I don't know about you and I don't mean to get into recalls like it happens, right? Oh, it happens with yeah. all of our everyday products, but I'm just saying, you know, people start to think, especially, so anyways, you get what I'm saying. It's costly in two ways, not only financially, but potentially public opinion, you know,
1: yeah, I mean, That's lots it. even better coming out currently. True. You, know, you really want to maintain your integrity from, from the start. And, the Willow 360 kind of experience that we talk about is, is really doing that, you know, guiding you through that process so that you don't have any of those negative repercussions at the end.
0: Very cool. So it sounds like, it sounds like not only is it something that is incorporated into your SOP or your standard operating procedure for people that are listening. um, It's also, you say you offer us like a toolkit so that because, because that's the thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, having it as part of your SOP to guarantee things. But like, I liked that what you added in there. So you offer a toolkit so that maybe people can find the issues that keep popping up.
1: Yeah. So we have a consulting team. Um, we have a great team of microbiologists and chemists as well that can definitely support you in your full process. Um, you know, part of this. You know, partnership is the path to long-term success and good manufacturing practices. So we have an amazing team member who is really, you know, on top of GMP practices um, and can help our clients with setting that up, even writing your SOPs for you um, and helping integrate Willow um, the 360 into your process. But yeah, we are are really focused on healthy plants, um, which starts with with that seed and, and looking at your facility at a whole as a whole. So a lot of calls that I'm taking talking about, you know, simple things such as how 70% alcohol is more effective, cleaner than 90% alcohol. Um, A lot of people think more is better. Um, And in many cases, when it comes to chemical reactions, that that's just not true. Um, And so we understand not every facility can have a microbiologist and a chemist on staff, Um, so we have those kind of consulting tiers and um, what we call a la carte um, options for our clients to also access our our team of scientists. Um, Everyone who leases a Willow 360 gets an initial consultation, a site visit, and an assessment, and if you'd like to move further um, with that, we we start a, a partnership with our consulting team. And and that's something that, you know, even when I was at the labs was something that is very important for them to understand. And I saw many of my clients bringing, you know, bringing consultants in or trying to bring in a microbiologist full time and, and realizing that maybe that's not their needs, um, that they just need someone to come by every 1 to 3 months, give tips, give tricks. Um, you know, I've got 6 years of, you know, formal education within the field of molecular and microbiology and then 5 years of, you know, cannabis experience and and that's not something that everyone has. We we really have so many intricacies within the cannabis, marijuana, hemp industries that are just really particular to to what's going on with these cultivations that, you know, we don't see in outdoor agriculture um, as much. So, you know, being really active to prevent growth within a facility is important because these things can spread and get out of hand um, pretty quickly. So, we really try and be proactive that when you get a lease with us, you get this team of of consultants and then can can further that relationship throughout your lease.
0: Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention that, that I think, uh, you, so you mentioned it seems like you have awareness of, you know, um, for folks that are listening right now, if you didn't know, one of the things that Illinois... or or at least people that report on cannabis say about Illinois is that we have some of the strictest testing requirements in the nation. It sounds like you're aware of that you mentioned. Yeah. And and so for that reason, it's no surprise that, that you have a a presence in Illinois, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
1: And, and some of these, um, regulated standards are, you know, it's great to have legalization. I, you know, So proud of that for Illinois, for Colorado, for many of our states to get into legalization. But it's kind of that next step towards legitimization and and making sure that this this product is healthy um, and safe for consumers. And I think that's that's really that next step that Illinois is moving into um, with their standards um, and their limits. You know, some of these standards and limits are, you know, 10,000 colony forming units, which allows for you know some natural contamination as we spoke of. But then we have certain things like aspergillus um, where it is a detect, non-detect test. So if you have any level, one spore of aspergillus is going to cause your product to fail. And aspergillus is everywhere. It's on the human body. It's in the air. It's in the soil. Um, so again, we at Willow really... Um, Try and be proactive. We're happy to come out and test your air, um, come out and test your soil, or even we send out conicals and you send it back to me and I can test it within the lab to determine that your inputs are clean as well. Um, Everything you're bringing into your facility should be as clean as possible to kind of lower what we call the bio burden, the amount of biological materials that you're burdened with. um, so that the willow can effectively clean and, and get you down to either a non-detect on those certain species that they're testing for or to a passing range for some of the other ones that have a regulatory limit.
0: Yeah, um, I wanna get back to the distinction between the two concepts really quick, but one other thing that you mentioned, I thought that before I forget, I wanted to give some airtime to, cause I figured you maybe had some expertise on, on the matter. So from what I understand, there was uh like the chicago sun times a local publication here in in illinois did like what you might call an audit and they bought pre-rolls from a from a um dispensary here in illinois had them tested and actually like i think 7 of the 8 pre-rolls failed testing for aspergill one of them was aspergillus some were others and I wanted to ask you, one of the things the article mentioned was that pre-rolls are actually, I don't mean to keep using the word pre, but predisposed to, to those things, um, to those types of things happening, like it's happened in many different states. And you mentioned that uh, the Willow machine actually can do the pre-rolls. And so I'm just curious, what is at that play with why do pre-rolls or why are they predisposed to this?
1: Well, again, it's that human variable. It's adding a whole nother process to your, you know, standard operating procedure. It's not just that you had someone trimming the bud and then it went into the willow. It is that someone is trimming the bud and then it's going to a secondary, possibly room um, or even facility. Um, and then being further processed. It's just more hands on the product, Um, those machines, you know, people are putting batch after batch into those machines. You want to make sure you clean in between batches. You want to clean at the end of the day and at the beginning of every day. Um, I mean, those are some of those standard operating procedures that you would want to further activate um and put into action when you have another process going on. So, additional processes, additional cleaning and that's not always what's going to be a uh, top priority. A lot of times it's it's how much how many pounds can we get um and not about how how clean is the facility. And we want to make sure people understand that those two things really coincide with each other. Um, the clean cleanliness of your facility is really going to uh, give you the most amount of product you know clean plants or happy plants are producing plants um as well as give you the most amount of passing product on the other end you know failing product doesn't make you any money
0: thank you for breaking that down um that totally makes sense i like how you put you put it pretty succinctly more processing means more cleaning is required and if you're skipping those steps you know you could you could end up in a spot like that so very every, cool
1: every variable is another source of contamination and and the limitation of that is is what we're trying to push for
0: awesome well so yeah let's i wanted to back up again to so kill step versus remediation it sounds like the distinction there was want to correct me if i'm wrong i want to try to say it back to you it's that remediation is more of a reactive Process. Oh, yeah. And then, and, and b- you, sorry, go it's ahead. It's those
1: clients. Yeah, no problem. It's those clients that you call and say, hey, you know, this is failing. Or the client calls you at the lab when I was there and said, you know, oh, I've just failed like all these batches. You know, what do I do? And now I, I you know, can recommend to, to, you know, move towards a Willow 360. But again, you want to. Use that in your process as a kill step and not have to, you know, after the fact, try and figure out what to do because, you know, when that happens, then your, your process is thrown off, you know, your, your day-to-day move through, you know, process. Now I have to go backwards and now I have this failing product sitting around and what do I do with it? And, you know, microbes grow exponentially. So when you have 10,000 colony forming units today... You could have twenty thousand colony-forming units tomorrow, so it's really important to, you know, reduce, as I said, that bio burden and and really be ahead of the game instead of having to figure out what you're going to do with that product after it's failing.
0: And I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Is the 10,000 is that like a standard for states or is that just Illinois or I'm just curious because I it sounds familiar. So I'm like what? Yeah, so
1: 10,000 is also Colorado um oh, standard okay. and I think, you know, we were one of the first here in Colorado and I think we kind of established that standard for others. Um there's lots of conversations on on how that is relative because that's that total yeast and mold um and That's not determining which yeast or which mold or if they're pathogenic or non-pathogenic. And and truthfully, the states don't have a difference. Um, They're just looking at that number as an indication of cleanliness, um, as an indication of your total um, yeast and mold bio burden for that product. And, you know, when you think about it, 10,000 colony forming units in a gram you know, that's per gram that that's pretty significant. And, and so, you know, having something like a kill step that you're not writing that number, you know, you're really producing the cleanest possible product is really important.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So thanks for breaking that down. It sounds like really the kill step is proactive. Like you said, incorporated into that SOP and ensures that you're not going to fail testing um yeah and so really quick just the other thing that that i learned a lot about last time and you know you mentioned before we got on air that folks i i don't know if i said this uh very clearly or not you are this i know i said you're the second person from willow but the first person from willow on our show was the ceo and founder jill ellsworth that was way back in the day when we first started the podcast so if you want to hear an earlier version of what was our show go back and check that out. One of the things I regretted, uh, not devoting more airtime to with Jill was, was, and this is, I prepped you on, I said, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the different forms of remediation. So you mentioned a few, uh, some that I wasn't even aware of, but you know, you said irradiation. um, what was the dipping one and then peroxide? I like I have never that. heard of the,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. So you can know, you
0: go through the different types and tell us like what the methodology is and such
1: yeah so hydrogen peroxide in, in the similar fashion is using like reactive oxygen those oxygen molecules to to react with the product and poke holes in in the microbes and and react it and, and essentially kill them um and again that's similarly what we're doing here with just ozone free electrons being able to poke holes in the microbes um but again this isn't an oxygenated kind of barrel, um, or I should say, ozonated barrel, versus a hydrogen peroxide liquid. Um, and again, when I was on the testing lab side of things, we used to see samples come in that were microwaved and just brown and dry, or you know, dipped in whatever they decided to dip it in. Um, and again, these are very very strong chemicals that, you know, some of the dips just like never completely ev- evaporated off of that product. Um, where with organic ozone, you know, it's it's gone just like air um, and is, you know, never seen again. And some of these other processes, like I said, are are totally legal. Um, You're allowed to remediate however you choose to um, in the state of Colorado. And it's important to understand that although they are legal and and may in fact kill, nobody wants product that is brown and crispy at the end of, of that process. So I've seen quite a few different processes and, you know, it's totally fine to do it as long as you're doing it to the whole batch, not just what you're sending to the lab. Um, and you know, that, that's your choice. And, you know, for me, I, I definitely choose willow and that's why I'm here today.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, are you like, is, was that just, um, conjecture? Do people really like literally microwave their weed? Cause I've heard that before and I'm just curious.
1: Oh, I'm sure of it.
0: <laughs> you are. Wow, that's 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 insane. So, oh, uh, I wanted to make sure to say this too. To your point of those other methods being completely legal and such, they are also uh, methods that are used in common products that that we um, consume on a day to day basis. Let's just say.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So- I mean, and heat pasteurization for milk or you know canned goods. Is just fine. But to heat your cannabis, well, now you're taking all my good stuff, you know,
0: (laughs) right Right. for me. (laughs) Can you do you mind? uh, I I mean, I could definitely give my spin on it. But but tell just in case somebody's listening and wondering why heating up um, a sample of cannabis before it's been ingested might affect the end product. Can you please uh, get into that?
1: Yeah. So combustion is what is turning your, you know, THC chemicals that you have in, in that product into your high, um, into those good feelings, that CBD just the same. And and this is what's done with edibles as well. Um, they're preheated so that when you consume that, you're getting those chemicals just right off the bat. Um, so there is decarboxylation, a chemical reaction that is required. And when you are smoking um that's what's done because of that combustion um as we decarboxylate cannabis for edibles um it's done prior to that that cooking um and that's something you don't want done <laughs> you know before you get your product um if you're going to be right
0: smoking. if you're going to be smoking it exactly yeah cuz it's like I guess if you were going to make it into edibles, well, it would be decarbed for you. But yeah, that's just a <laughs> joke. <laughs> so, um, well, well, cool. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm just curious, just because, again, I know you kind of described it, but the peroxide one, do they literally dip the pro like dip it in and then let it evaporate off? Is that how that? Yep. Gotcha.
1: Dip it and then let it cure, mm-hmm. you know? i'm i'm sure most of these things are are, you know kept behind closed doors even when i was auditing facilities when i was working at the lab and checking them out you know even though they knew i was on their side to sure determine what was going on in their facility why they were failing testing um a lot of things are not to be shared and and you know if you're dipping it in hydrogen peroxide which most certainly would would work um People aren't going to put that on their label. And and that's something different than what we're trying to do with Willow. We really are trying to become the the clean, um, kind of, you know, safe, consistent, scalable, gentle solution that is known um, as a, as we said, kill step. That by being Willow pure, um, the client um, is able to tell their consumers that this is at the lowest end of, you know, total yeast and mold counts this is non-detect for aspergillus this is the cleanest cannabis you're going to get because it wasn't something that was sent for testing and came in at nine thousand cfu's right yeah it, it's something that you didn't ride that safety line it's something that came in clean um so willow pure uh, you know establishing your your cannabis as willow pure is establishing that you have the best methods um the best processes, the best, you know, good manufacturing practices in place to grow the cleanest cannabis for consumers.
0: Yeah. And since you, since you mentioned labeling, like what, what are your thoughts? If I, if I could ask on labeling, like, I mean, my perspective would be that knowing now what you've said, if I saw a product labeled Willow, I would know that, like you say, not only it went through the pure 360, but then they would also be taking advantage of your consulting services. So that would be a lot to tell me to say that this is probably a quality product. What are your thoughts on on labeling um, either product that has had gone through kill step or even remediation?
1: Yeah. As as someone who used to work on on the testing side of things, you know, and and someone that also consumes cannabis on a regular basis, I think it's really important to know what's going in your body um, and how that has been treated. And so I I think labeling and transparency is very important. Um, There are some states that are pushing towards that. um, And we at Willow think that's a great thing. We would love for more, you know, clear, concise labeling on the package. Um, Just a nice little Willow Pure Blue, something or other. Um, we're very open and 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 like to be transparent about our use. Um, I know some others are are not as happy with that and and don't want labeling on their product. And and maybe that's an indication of you know consumer education, which is why we're here today. Um, you know, trying to educate consumers on on what is their safest option. Um, and and really, I think you know, as I said someone who who worked in the testing lab. Um, I have friends all the time who are like, you know, I want to give my dog these, these CBD treats. And I'll say, you know, ask for their certificate of analysis. I want to see that what I'm giving even my animal um, is free of contaminants. Um, because even on the hemp side of things, th- there's much less regulation there. Um, and not e- everyone even tests on the hemp side of things. I would want My product to not only be tested, but to be transparent. And, you know, if I could have a QR code on the side of that product that I could see the certificate of analysis. Um, I know some companies that do this. I've actually pulled up certificate analysis with my signature on it, showing that I was the one that tested that product at that level. And that gives me such amazing confidence when I I see transparency like that. So we really think that um, Willow is able to be a transparent process and something that you can be proud of, um, for your product and for your consumers.
0: Thanks for bringing up COAs. Cause those are definitely, definitely important. Um, just cause it sounds like you're knowledgeable on hemp. I I'm just curious, cause it's something that I've been unsure of, and I'm sure that maybe I could learn this from a Google. So forgive me if this is some like basic information, but like you just said, with hemp testing like i feel like you were alluding to it but i wanted to ask you this question like straight up are they only required to per the farm bill are they only like required to test for that 0.03 and nothing else is that true correct cool yeah so that's why it's important folks to look for your coa thank you for bringing up that product or concept because if you if you look at that COA, actually a lot of these, or at least I want to say the companies that you should trust are the ones that put that information on their COA and actually go through those tests. Yeah. Um,
1: and it's costly if they don't have to, why spend another thousand dollars on testing? Um, but again, if you can, if you are confident in your product um, that that shouldn't be much of a an ask for you to do some additional testing so that you make sure it's safe for those consumers. Again, A recall would be terrible.
0: Yeah. And for folks that are wondering like what, what could really happen, you know, we had, um, the cannabis division manager from the Illinois department of agriculture on our show. And he was talking about some of the great things about hemp. And that is that it can actually suck heavy metals out of the soil. But on the same hand, you have to be careful because, you know, that product itself, obviously, if it was sucking heavy metals out of the soil should not be consumed and so folks, that is why it is important because as the farm bill has come and more people are, have been able to just grow cannabis, you want to make sure that the grounds in which it was grown on and the conditions in which it was grown in pass QA testing, right? Yeah, Uh, quality analysis, is that right, QA?
1: Yeah. So quality, quality assurance,
0: quality assurance. Thank you.
1: Quality. Yeah. Um, and then QC is quality control. So there's levels of of both for sure. Yeah. Cannabis, hemp, marijuana, whatever we want to call it today, uh, is, is an amazing bioaccumulator. Um, we saw tons of extra, you know, additional failing products over during the fires in California. Um, it was quite an interesting thing to see that all these labs came together and were like, yeah, everyone is seeing higher heavy metals failures. Um, And and we definitely attributed it to the, to the California wildfires bringing lots of that over um, both in California and in Colorado. Wow.
0: I, I wouldn't have even known that that was a thing.
1: Yeah. And, and, and this is like I said, you know, Cannabis hemp being being so new at, as an industry, as an agricultural product, um, these are all things that we've kind of gone on fact-finding missions. Um, when I was hired here, I, I even mentioned that I'm quite the investigator and you know, can take in all these facts and, and really be able to put them together um, into, you know, with all my resources that I have through friends I've worked with and and, you know, this community um is. sometimes in some ways very secretive um but us as scientists um it's it's really in our nature to share um information and and that's how we kind of came across this this idea that it was definitely a spike um post processes um for after the fires
0: yeah so um that's like i say that's crazy didn't expect to learn that today um (laughs) I've already learned a lot, but I didn't expect to learn that one. So that was that was super cool. Um, And you got to wonder, like you say, um, you know, different things like that happen all over the country. And, And like I was saying earlier, since the farm bill effectively legalized hemp and it is being grown all across the country, this really drives home the importance of getting these these reports, people. So be safe out there. Get your ask for a COA.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: glad we brought that topic up.
1: So. Yeah, the way we consult and, and, you know, help our clients in Florida where it's very humid is going to be very different than the way we support our clients in Colorado where it's very dry. Um, you yeah. know, as I said, it's it's a very niche industry and, and we try to personalize it.
0: What's it? I'm just curious. Do you know, have you heard like what or is there anything unique about things your clients face in Illinois, I guess? Like is humidity an issue in Illinois or...
1: I haven't heard much back. You know, you guys are really just off to the races at this point. Um, I'm sure as we see more production moving through, we'll, we'll start to see and be able to kind of culminate this data, um, put some of these ideas together, bring people from Illinois together. Hopefully, as I said, we we really need a community of people in Illinois to work together um, for, for the betterment of of these consumers and for the producers as well. We want to really get the most tax dollars out of this and and put the most amount of, of money in everyone's pockets while keeping everyone safe.
0: Sure. And, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that, that, you know, not everybody necessarily likes to talk about this, but I'm just curious, do you know, like, do you have a large presence in Illinois? Like what's your presence even like in Illinois?
1: Um, I'm not super sure. I, I haven't been out there personally. Um, I don't often visit uh, sites, personally, unless we have kind of this deeper, this deeper partnership. Um, But I'm unsure of that at this point, we would definitely uh, be interested in everyone out there. Again, you know, being able to bring everyone together under the Willow Pure um, kind of umbrella would be amazing to, to be able to, you know, have Illinois be confident in their cannabis consumption.
0: Sure. Yeah. And as more, as like I mentioned earlier, because we just did legalize some more businesses will become, you know, will be opening. So maybe you'll, you'll have more. But yeah, I know. I just, last time I uh, spoke with them, it sounded like, it sounded like most operators, you know, use them. And so I was just curious. Yeah. What your presence looked like in the state. So.
1: Yeah. I've been with Willow for about four months now. So, so I've been on some of the the newer clients and and those might've been some clients that have already have one and have a three-year sure. piece and are, are happy with it. Um, and are just kind of moving through their standard operating procedure with the Willow integrated.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. Um, what was the, um, ah, yes. So you, you mentioned, I really like, and we'll start to close the show here, uh, soon, Carly. I just want to thank you again for your time today. Um, it's, like I said, I've learned a lot more than I expected to, um, and it's in some regards. <laughs> so thank you. Um, I wanted to ask, like, is, is part of the goal since you mentioned, um, you know, not, not only it's, it's proactive, right? So is the goal, I'm curious to not have to use the barrel at the end or like, is, is that a lock step in the SOP? Like, cause you mentioned the consulting team and like trying to narrow down, like what, what are, what are the issues we can, or what are the issues that are happening so we can nip them in the bud pun intended?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there's definitely, as I said, you know, those major situations, right. You might have a batch of soil that, You didn't know it, but when it was on shipment to you, got rained on, got wet, you know, and that was your source of contamination. You know, your big, why you have a 100,000 CFUs, why you have a million CFUs, and we're able to help there. But again, as I said, you know, all agricultural processes in this production faces the risk of contamination. So having the willow as a kill step within that process um, and being able to get your, counts down to zero, down to as low as possible um, for the health of the consumer is kind of where we fit in for for your day-to-day production, for sure. Now, when it comes to that consulting, that's every one month, three months kind of a thing where we can come in or you send us samples and we can address your issues. Um, But, you know, again, seasonal changes That's always going to be something that could cause an increase um, with that humidity. Um, And then that human variable is going to be something that you're going to see aspergillus, you know, present in your facility. And we need to make sure that it's not on that product.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank you again. I I guess before we close, I wanted to take like five steps back and say like, again, thank you, because I don't know that most consumers even let's even back away from weed. Like, I don't even know if maybe that's something people learn today that like, you know, I think people know that milk is pasteurized and have like, they see it on the label, but maybe they don't have a concept of like what that means. And, and the fact that, you know, different foods go through these processes. So I think like, that was my goal today to learn more about that. And I hope that, that my audience, you know, I, I am pretty confident that my audience uh, learned a lot today too. So yeah, just wanted yeah. to say thanks
1: for sure. I mean, honestly, thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, I mentioned that I came from kind of research and and I worked at Anschutz medical doing research there before getting into the cannabis industry. And I really just saw a hole within this industry, um, and and fit into testing and then saw a secondary hole where it's like, okay, well, we're testing for these things, but we need a solution. So it really, even as a consumer, I didn't know it existed. I knew. And even to this day, tell my friends. And when I explain what I do to individuals, it's like, oh, just how you test your dairy and your meat products and all your, you know, food goes through testing before it shows up on the shelf um that's the same thing that's done with cannabis and hemp and you know it's really important to do so to make sure that we have you know the safest product and and keep that clean name for
0: cannabis oh yeah well rock on you said you said you're four months in is am i your first media appearance for willow You are.
1: Yeah. So and Jill, the CEO had been on before. And, and when you guys, you know, reached out to us, she's like, oh, we got to get Carly on. And, and I've, I've spoken, um, representing different companies, the testing labs as well. Um, So, you know, as an educator teaching in colleges, this is totally my energy. I I love to talk um, and educate people on, on what cannabis can be, try to reduce the stigma. You know, I'm a, you know, high level scientist, you could say, but I'm also getting <laughs> high every once in a while. So, you know, definitely reducing the stigma.
0: I love it. Will you keep doing that, my friend. Um, we need more people like you in the world. Um, thank you again for your time today. And I guess before we go, any last words, you want to plug the website, anything like that?
1: <laughs> um, Honestly, not too much. Just really, you know, want our consumers and possible, you know, prospective clients to know that Willow is here for you, you know, both to introduce a clean, um, kill step as well as to educate you and really help you guys, um, with that personalized partnerships.
0: Yeah. So, um, it looks like the website's willowindustries.com for folks that want to learn more. Um, we'll put that in the podcast description and I guess just to, I always like to try to put it in a bottle at the end of the episode. So, I'm going to try to put it in a bottle and you correct me if I'm wrong. There's a distinction here that we've got two concepts, kill step and remediation. Kill uh, Remediation is very much a reactive process and it can be costly, not only because you're literally having to remediate something, you're reacting to an issue that has been brought to your attention. And then you have to send it for more testing um, versus the proactive process of doing the Willow 360, you know, employing the Willow 360 technology before you send it to testing, thus guaranteeing you will pass your, your uh, QA to, is it the QA or QC test? Sorry. Um, both. Either or both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Both. It's
1: a clean bill of certificate of analysis. Yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't fudging anything um, thus guaranteeing you either that plus, if you are contracting or leasing or whatever the term is with Willow, you get those consulting services so that you can try to nip those problems in the bud, like I said.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Nice. We put it in a bottle. Cool. All right. Or <laughs> we maybe we should start saying right. we put it in a, what was that?
1: So we rolled it into a joint.
0: <laughs> there you go. I was about to say we put it in a bong. Put it um, in a bong. <laughs> I love
1: it. You rolled it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. All right. Well, folks, we hope you found uh, this episode as informative as I did. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Chilinoy podcast. See ya, Carly.
1: Thanks so much. Bye-bye.